Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Hey, you got a Bible tonight. Go with me. Uh, I'm trying to decide what scripture we, we, we should go to. I have a sermon. I have a sermon. But do I want to preach that sermon? Hmm. Uh, go to Colossians 4.17. Let's go to Colossians 4.17. Uh, Brad, these will not be in the computer. I apologize. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the sermon. And um, why why did you say yeah, Caitlin? Like the the yeah was like ah yeah. I saw your notes before church. They sucked. Thank goodness we're changing the sermon. Kidding. Come on. So here's what we we're gonna talk about, and maybe we'll shift it to next week. Um, actually, I'm hoping we will shift it next week. We will talk about this at some point. But we were going to talk about, some of you are going to be like, thank the Lord, he's changing the sermon. Uh, we, we were going to talk about dating tonight. And we we're going to talk about the distraction of dating. Which, by the way, let me just tell you, if you want to know my thoughts on dating in 30 seconds, here, well, maybe more than that. Here's my thoughts on dating in 30 seconds. We're going to get into it at some point. Um, but dating is not a subject that we can say if it is good or bad, because dating is not in the Bible. Go, go look in your Bible. You will find nowhere in, in the Bible where there are dating scriptures. Dating is one of those uh, areas where we have to use discernment. Uh, we have to get the wisdom of the Lord, and we have to decide what is best for me in this season. And we're going to talk about how dating it can be uh, something that, if we're not careful, can be distracting. And we're going to look at a couple different things within dating that can be distracting and how we can guard ourselves from those things, so if the Lord gives us the peace and the the green light to date, that we can do so in a way that our, our focus stays on Him. But 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 I'm going to flip the script a little bit, and I want you to go to go to Colossians four seventeen, and I'm I'm going to read this to you, and then I'm going to tell you why I'm going to flip the script, and um, then uh, then we'll we'll jump into this and we'll see where, where the Lord may lead us. Uh, Colossians four seventeen, not on the screen. Um, uh, I, I always say that, and then I look like maybe it will be on the screen. It won't be on the screen. Um, so I feel like his name is Acapus, but last time I said that, someone corrected me, and I don't remember who it was. Um, was it you, Kimberly? Was it you? Uh, so let, let's just go with Acapus. If you're the person that corrected me, I don't remember who corrected me. If it's wrong, that that's okay. Look at your neighbor and say, that's okay. Like that, that, that's, If it's wrong, that's okay. Okay, so Colossians 4.17, the Apostle Paul is writing, and we don't know who this person is. We don't necessarily have like a count of uh, exactly what this person's role was or what their function was. But, but they were obviously worth noting. And Paul, who's writing this letter to the church at Coloss, obviously Paul knew this person. And, and there was something in them, there was something on them that was worth noting and, and, and it was a big enough deal that Paul slips it in at the end. Have you ever, by the way, show of hands, have you ever written a handwritten letter to somebody? Anybody? Uh, anybody? I, I, think, I think it's everyone. When's the last time you, you wrote a handwritten letter to someone? When's the last? Yesterday. Yes, Valentine's Day. My man, yesterday. Um, when's the last time you wrote a handwritten letter to someone and you put it in the mail? Anybody? When's the last time? A week ago, that's 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 amazing, Isaiah. Twenty eighteen. How do you remember that? Twenty eighteen. Nice, nice. I'm I'm telling you, we got to get back to handwritten letters. We got to. Someone sent me a handwritten encouraging uh, card. So much more meaningful than a text. I don't know why, but I'm like, if you texted me this, I'd have been like, okay. 
but the handwritten note, like he did it for me. But, but Paul, it's like a P.S. at the end. This is what he says. And say to Achippus, take heed. Some will say take heed. Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. That you may fulfill it. Let me read it again. Paul, Paul's writing and he goes, oh yeah, by the way, P.S. And say to Agabus. Now, re- remember, if you don't know this, then I guess it's a, it's a newsflash, not a, not a remembering. But um, the, the Bible is, or the New Testament primarily, they're letters that were written to churches. So, like, there, there was no iPad, there was no iPhone, uh, there was no printing press, there was no, like, you know, just Barnes & Noble, you can go pick up a fresh New King James leather-bound, spirit-filled life Bible. Like, you couldn't do that. And so, so, so the, the apostles, they would write letters to the churches, and very much like, like we're doing tonight, the letters would be read out loud, and, and they were meant to be heard, received, interpreted, applied in the context of like the church community. So, so Paul's writing, and he goes, oh yeah, and say to Achippus, take heed. Uh, that phrase, take heed, what it means is like pay attention, uh, be, be serious. Like have you ever been distracted by something while you were trying to do your homework? Distracted when you were trying to do school reading? Distracted when you are doing your Bible reading? And it's like, no, 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 focus. Take heed. Take heed means to take something, to pull it close and to hold on to it. He goes, tell Achippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received. In other words, Achippus, God's given you something. There, there's a ministry inside of you. There's a calling that's on your life. There's something that God has for you to do. There's something that God has given you, you to do. Take heed to the ministry this thing that you have received, and listen to what he says, that you may fulfill it, that you may fulfill it. We're in this series called Distracted, and um, when we were praying uh, t- tonight, uh, 6 p.m., we get together, we call it crew, and uh, we get together and we pray together and kind of just talk about maybe what God's doing the night, and uh, I was praying with Matthew and Nathaniel, wherever Nathan is, we are praying together, and we got done praying and this is like, like a bonus prayer. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. And I looked around, and everyone was still praying because you guys are more spiritual than our group. Like, I, I never know if we're, if we're like less spiritual or more spiritual. Like, it's like when you're the first one done, it's like, did we just get down to business faster? And we weren't distracted? Or we, so we're like the first ones, and we're looking around, and I'm like, and as I was looking around, here's what, 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 here's what I felt like God said. And please, eyes and ears, Attention, heart, right here. If you got something to write with, you could write this down. Here's what I felt like God say. I felt like God say that there were ministries and movements in this room tonight. That there were ministries and movements in this room tonight. Maybe they're, they're, they're not even realized yet. Maybe they're things that they, they haven't even been dreamed or imagined yet. Maybe there are things that, that they haven't even been, been understood to the point of being able to articulate or talk about, but it's just something in you. I felt like God said there's ministries 
There's movements that are represented here tonight. Things that God has placed inside of you. Things that God has put inside of you. Things that before you were born and when you were still in your mother's womb, before you were in your mother's womb, that God knew you. That God put these on you. He created you the way that he created you because he's given you something to do. There's ministries and movements that are represented here, here tonight. And Paul writes to, to Achippus and he goes, hey, um, there's something on you. Hey, you, you're holding something that, that's, been, that's been given to you by God. Hey, hey, Achippus, don't forget. God's given you something. And, and, and notice how serious he is. He, he says in Achippus, you, t- you take that thing and you fulfill it. Here, here, here's kind of why, why I'm like, I'm going to just change the sermon a little bit. Um, b- because as we were worshiping, so the Lord spoke that to me. But then as we were worshiping, here, here's what I feel like the Lord's saying. The thing that we need to, to, to realize tonight it is not just that there is distraction, but but why there's often distraction. Anybody show of hands, you, you got a pet? Come on, anyone, you got a pet, show of hands. Uh, let's just kind of see what kind of people we are tonight. Hands down. How many of you, you are a cat person, not a dog person? Any cat people? Okay. All the people that need salvation. Kidding, come on, it's a joke. Um, anybody by a show of hands, you're like, no, I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog person. Okay, all the dog people. All right, anybody in here, this is a funny story, I'll tell you. Anybody in here, um, I want to tell you this so bad, in a second. Uh, you own a guinea pig or a hamster? Guinea pig or a hamster? Any guinea pig? Guinea, four guinea pigs? Rabbit, you got a rabbit? Yeah, are they living still? They're living? Okay, they're, okay, they're alive, okay. Um <laughs> Um, so, so on, on, uh, on, well, what's today, Wednesday, so Monday night, um, so I, I should, should have brought like a picture or something, Brooklyn, my daughter, she saw this pink teddy bear, she saw this pink teddy bear in Publix, uh, Publix supermarket, like a month and a half ago, I mean, they, they're, like, they're, they stock early for holidays, and she wanted it so bad, I'm like, no, baby, that's for Valentine's Day, and she said, oh, well, then you'll buy it for me for Valentine's Day. And, um, and she's reminded me every single day since. Dad, don't forget the pink bear for Valentine's Day. And um, how I knew I had to get it is Monday. She goes, Dad, did you buy me the pink bear? I said, I, I don't know. And she goes, oh, I know you didn't. You always forget stuff. And I'm like, okay, you're getting this pink bear, little girl. So, so I, I got out of the pink bear, and I bring it home, and I give it to her uh, on, on Monday night because I, I said, this is a, a surprise, special Valentine's Day present, so you can cuddle with it tonight. And, and, and my son, Graham, he goes, oh, well, I want, I, I, I want something special. And how it works in our house is, like, I get stuff for my girls. Jenny gets stuff for Graham. I said, buddy, mom's got like, she got a special surprise for you tomorrow for Valentine's Day. And she did. She had a card. She had gummy bears. She had, like, a thing of chocolate. Like, it was, like, would have been very, very special. I don't know where, where he got this. I go to tuck him in on Monday night. And have you ever just been, like, glowing because, like, you're just so excited? He's just like. And I said, hey, I said, what, what are you so excited about? He goes, I, I know what it is. I said, what, what? I know what the surprise is. I said, what, what do you mean? The Valentine's Day. I know what it is. I said, what is it? He goes, I know it. Mom bought me a guinea pig. And he goes, maybe a hamster, maybe, but I think it's a guinea pig. And he was convinced he was waking up to a guinea pig. And I didn't have the heart. I'm like, I don't know, bud, maybe. 
<laughs> and he woke up about this and he's like, ah, oh, gummy bears and chocolate. I wanted a guinea pig. I'm like, no way, bro. You're not getting a guinea pig. But all, all that to say, uh, again, if you got a pet, raise your hand, all the pet people. All right, so there's this thing that I do uh, when, when, whenever my dog Murphy is outside. I, I've been letting him out in the front yard because he listens, like, really, really well. He actually does. He's very obedient. And he'll, like, yes, he does. It's, it, he respects me. And, um, and, and so, like, he, he'll, he'll go, go to the bathroom, come back in. And I've been doing that because it's been raining so much. Like, anyone just sick of the rain? Like, it's just raining so much. And so our backyard is so muddy. And I don't want to wipe his paws, all the mud, so just go to the front yard. But if I see, if I see like another dog coming, if I see another person coming, if there's a, just something that's, that's going to like get his attention and cause him to go, what do I start? I start trying to distract him. I'm, 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 I'm making noises. I'm calling his name. I'm like hitting our railing and I'm doing whatever I can to distract him so, so he doesn't see what's coming and he doesn't go after it. Do, do you know why I think the enemy works so hard to keep you distracted? Because he does not want you to see what God has for you. And he does not want you to run after it. We, I think one of the primary reasons the enemy works so hard to distract us with so many things. We get, we, we get distracted by our cell phones. We, we're distracted by social media. We are distracted by the amount of content that we can consume. We are distracted by hobbies. We're distracted by, by relationships. We get distracted by opportunities. We get distracted by things we think. There are so many distractions. There's so much noise. There's so many things that are, that, that, are, that are begging for our attention. And I think one of the reasons the enemy wants to keep you distracted is because he does not want for you to see what it is that God has for you. To, to be able to, if, if you could just catch a clear picture, and get a vision in your heart, the calling, the purpose, the plan, the ministry, the movement that God has ordained you for, change you. And we get so distracted that we never lock our eyes on that for which we were created for. If, if you're taking notes, I'm gonna give you three, three, three thoughts tonight because that's what a good sermon is. And so we'll make this a good sermon. Three, three points. But n- number one, if you're, if you're taking notes, I, I want you to just write this down. God does have a plan for me. Uh, we, we won't turn there because it's not on the screen and I'm just not that fast of a Bible flipper. Uh, I mean, I'm fast, but just not that fast. Um, but, but, but a couple of scriptures you could write down, Psalm 139, verse 16. Psalm 139, verse 16 says that before you were born, that God, he saw your, 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 your unformed substance and before there, there was yet to be one of them, God, he ordained all the days fashioned for you. The Bible says this in Ephesians 2.10, that we are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 through 5 says that before you were formed in your mother's womb that God he knew you, he set you apart, and he ordained you with, 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 with a plan. The Bible says of Jeremiah, Jeremiah you were ordained or you were planned to be a prophet to the nations. While you might not be called to be a prophet to the nations, the fact that you are a Christian 
The fact that, you're, you, you, that you are a believer in Jesus, the fact that you are in the New Testament under a new covenant, all of us have been ordained or called to be spokesmen on the earth for him. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, go into all the world and make disciples. We cannot escape it. We've all been given a voice to be used by God. God has a plan for you. And, and, and here, here is just my theology, my thinking around why or one of the, uh, one of the motivations that, that we should have for being like, I, I, I want to know that and fulfill that, is I, th- I believe with all my heart, you will never, someone say never, never. you will never find true fulfillment and satisfaction, peace on your pillow until you are walking in that. One of my favorite stories, I can't think of the scripture off the top of my head, it's in John chapter four, somewhere in there, is Jesus is having this moment with this woman at, at a well. And um, his disciples come back, they're like, Jesus, we got food. And he's sitting there and this is what he says. He goes, guys, my food, what fills me and nourishes me, it's to do the will of my father and to finish his work. You know what he's saying? Hey guys, what fulfills me more than food, is to fulfill the thing that God has put me on this earth for. I'm telling you, there is immense fulfillment and joy and peace that comes when you're walking in the plan that God has for you. And and on the contrary, can I just say outside of that, there's always the itch. You ever get an itch you can't scratch like like, like legit? Um, I I don't know what it is. Sometimes I'll get like an itch in like my finger does this ever happen to you? Like in your palm? And it's like, I, I can get, like, I can get, yeah, it's like, like, like I'm using my beard. I'm using like, just, but I just, there will always be an itch you can't scratch when you're not in the will of God. For your, they're just whiz. Like this, this is why people are just running in circles. I don't mean like literally, but this is why people go from thing to thing. Yeah, man, I, I tried this, and, and now I'm doing that, and I'm over here. And because we live in a world that is searching for peace on their pillow. And peace on your pillow only comes when you're walking with him and you're walking in what he has. There's a plan for your life. Number two, you can write this down. You have to see it first. You got to see it first. Proverbs 29, 18. I'm going to... I'm going to turn there. Proverbs 29, 18. Uh, if you've got a Bible, you can turn there. Not a lot of page flipping tonight. That's okay. We'll bring our Bibles in Jesus' name. I, I stole Matt's Bible. That's true. Um, <clears throat> Proverbs 29, 18. Uh, it says this. Where there is no revelation. Other translations translate it this way. Where there's no prophetic. Someone say prophetic. prophetic. Where there's no prophetic vision. Someone say vision. Where there's no prophetic vision, listen to what it says. The people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Proverbs 29, 18 says this. When you don't have vision from God, you'll never have anything that restrains you. See, here's what I believe. We need vision because vision, here's what it does. Vision, it gives you, you can write this down. Vision gives you direction to run discipline and 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 desire i've i've written this before and so i i have more to that and i can't think of it off the top of my head but those are the words that i remember 
but, but vision, it gives you direction to run. When, when you have a picture in your mind and you can see what it is that God's trying to do, it gives you a direction to run. When, when you have vision, vision gives you discipline. Do, do you know what primarily has kept me disciplined in the things of God? It is not just a love for Jesus, but it is a realization that God has something for me. God, you have something for me. You've called me to something. And so my feet and my life, it is disciplined to run after you that I might fully fulfill what you have for me. Vision gives you desire. Like nobody, someone say nobody. Nobody Nobody enjoys eating healthy. Can I get an amen? Okay, like even people, okay, Isaiah, even people that are like, no, 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 like, like, I really enjoy eating healthy. What you mean is, is I enjoy the benefits of eating healthy. I feel better. I sleep, I, I, okay, but no one's like, you know what, honestly, like if the calories didn't count and all food made me feel the same on the inside, like no matter what I eat, it's just like, it's the same health. No one's going, nah, I prefer broccoli over ice cream. Like, 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 and someone's like, no, actually I do, Brandon. You're, you're off. You're wrong on this one. I do not enjoy <laughs> eating broccoli over ice cream. But, but, but like when you have a goal or, or, or when you have that vision, like, no, like, like I want my body to feel a certain way. I want, I want to be healthy and it gives you discipline. I'm telling you, vision, someone say vision. Vision gives you desire. It gives you discipline. It stirs up passion and it gives you direction to run. Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, I believe it is. It says, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint, Proverbs says. But Habakkuk says, when you get a vision and you make it plain, you can run after it. See, God has something for you, but you have to see it. Brandon, how how do I see it? You can write this down, point number three. Um, vision comes from God. Vision comes from God. Here's what I'm convinced of. We don't just need vision. We need words from God. Like you don't need goals on a whiteboard. It's not what you need. You, you, you don't need good ideas in your dream journal. It's not what you need. You, you don't need to copy and imitate what you have seen work for other people. You need a word from God. You need, God, God, what is it you're saying to me? God, okay, I, I know what so-and-so did and they exploded and went viral on TikTok. That's great. They're making millions. God, I need a word for my life. I need a vision for my life. God, what have you called me to do? God, maybe I'm not called to be a pastor with a microphone and maybe I'm not supposed to be over here, but God, you have something for me. So what is it? Vision comes from God. And, and here, here is why you need a word from God. This is not a point. There are no notes. There are no points tonight, so it doesn't really matter. You can make it a point. Um, it could be point number four or just a subthought to what I just said. Um, but but the, the, the reason you, you need a word from God is because when you have a word from God, it gives you confidence. And, and, and we're, we're going to maybe close with this, but Numbers 23, 19. Let me read this to you. Listen to this. And let's, let's connect a dot real quick. Numbers 23, 19 says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent or change his mind. 
So God's not a man that he lies. Anybody you've ever told a lie, show of hands. You've ever, okay, that's all of us. Uh, show of hands, any of you, you ever said something in truth and changed your mind. You know what I'm talking about? Like this, like, this, like yeah, like, like it makes sense. Isaac, come on, don't give me that look. You ever said something you really meant, but then you just changed your mind. Like, like yeah, yeah. Like, for example, um, hey, Brandon, will you help me move? For sure, bro. I'd love to carry heavy furniture all day Saturday. I said that on Wednesday, but then on Friday, I'm like, ah, I don't really actually want to help. It's like, you change your mind. The Bible goes, guess what? God is not a man. He does not lie. Nor, nor is he the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Has he said it and will he not do it? Or has he spoken it and will he not make it good? The Bible says God is committed to his word. Did you know that God is not committed to your good ideas, your plans, your goals, your dreams? He's not committed to that. God is committed to his word. God is committed to his plan. God is committed to his purpose. And, And when we have a word from God, do you know why it brings such confidence? Oh, cause like God's gonna back this thing. No, 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 like, like, no, like I, I got extreme confidence because, like, God's with me in this. No, 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 because it's not my idea. This wasn't my plan. Like, I didn't come up with this. I didn't sit around and drink. No, this was, God gave me this word. God gave me this vision. God birthed this movement in my heart. God birthed this, God gave me this ministry. And because God is not a man that he should lie or change his mind, if he spoke it, by the power of his outstretched arm, he will accomplish it. I'm telling you, when, when you can see God's got a plan for my life and you can see it, you catch a vision for it and that vision starts burning on the inside of you and it starts driving you forward, giving you desire and passion and discipline to, to say yes to him and no to things that, 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 that we shouldn't be saying. When, when that happens on the inside of you and you get a word, you become determined. We, 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 we've toyed around with this series idea for another series. We talked about devoted. We talked about distracted. And Matthew's like, we got to preach on determined. But it creates this determined. No, 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 no. I've received something. And like Acapus, I want to take heed to this, that I fulfill it, that I walk in it. We close with this. I bring you back to the verse that I cannot remember in John chapter 4. Here you go, sir. I'm all done. I, the verse I can't remember in John chapter 4, but, but l- l- listen to the words of, of Jesus. He says, don't you know that my food is, is to, to do the will of him who sent me, and listen to what he says, and he says, and to finish it. See, see, God doesn't want you to just get passionate and like walk in. God wants you to finish. God wants, God wants you to fulfill. Like, like God wants you to not just walk in and be passionate about and start something. God wants you to see it through. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. There's a ministry. There's a movement on the inside of you. Some of you hasn't hasn't been birthed in your heart yet. It's there. You just, you haven't felt it or seen it just come to life. Others of you, you know 
you know there's a calling on your life. You know there's a calling on your life. You, you, you just, I, I, I just, I sense it. But, but maybe it just, it, it hasn't come into to full view yet. There's ministries, there's movements in our midst tonight. And I think the reason the enemy is trying to get you so distracted, I think the reason there's a million and one things that you could give your attention to, that you could spend your time on, you could spend your energy on. I think some of the reason you have good opportunities at your doorstep and things you could say is because the enemy's doing everything he can. Like I do with my with my dog. Murphy, Murphy, over here, over to Bony, treat, bony, treat, ice cream. To, to, to get your eyes to, to never fully see no, no, there's, there, there, there's something in front of me to keep your energy. Like, you, you should see this crazy dog. There's a dog three houses down named Romney. He's like a, like a poodle thing too. And um, you should see my dog. Like, all of heaven's bliss for a dog, whatever that is, if that's fire hydrants or ice cream, I don't know what it is. But the world could be right here at my dog's, because going to say fingertips, at his paw tips, whatever this, his fingernails, his claws, at his claw tips. He sees Romney, game over. Game over. Romney's there, and with all of his might, he's boom. God wants your eyes to get locked in on him and what he has for you. And so with all your might, with all your energy, with all your passion, with all your desire, with all your love, you say, God, you have my whole heart. God, you have my everything. God, I'm submitted to you. I'm surrendered to you. Do in and through me what only you can can do. See, because the thing about like being like all in for what God has for you is you realize right, like real, real quick, it's beyond you. Like fulfilling God's plan for for your life, it is beyond your ability to do it. It forces you to be dependent on God. I can't. I know you've called me. I know it's what you've put. I I can't, God. He says, I I know. That's why I'm inviting you to come and to, to walk with me. Because I'm not asking you to do something. I'm asking you to be open and available for something to be done through you. There's a difference when you think there's something you got to do to realizing, no, God just wants me to be open because there's something to do. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.